Thanks for checking out the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can find the show notes, links, and other helpful resources at hopechurchlv.com slash podcast, YouTube, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, what is up, everybody, on YouTube as well as listening on podcast? My name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here in the city of Las Vegas in the beautiful Church of Hope Church. Um, man, we are back. And I know for, for those that are watching and listening, uh, we just were trucking along uh, all throughout the summer. But uh, if you listened or if you watched, we had actually recorded all of those back in May because um, Pastor Vance was going on an extended sabbatical after 20 years at Hope Church. Uh, and so it's been a minute since we've been in this room together doing this podcast, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I am here, of course, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> with the man, the myth, the legend, my pastor, my mentor, my friend. I'm going to get a shirt made one of these days that says that. This is Vance Pittman, ladies and gentlemen. High fives and, <laughs> and, and round of applause wherever you are. Vance. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing very good. You look uh, more tan than you did in May. Well, that's what happens when you don't have to come to work all the time. <laughs> uh, you get to do a lot of sitting on a beach, a lot of eating, a lot of Netflix, uh, a lot of chilling with the family and hanging out. Um, fantastic. Uh, I, I said to our church this weekend, I'm just really, and I'd say this to any any pastor or ministry leader who's listening in today, but man, I'm just really grateful to be a part of a church where we have a stewardship team uh, that's part of our kind of a leadership admin council made up of members of our church, but that they really value us as pastors, as people, and as followers of Jesus before they see us as a pastor. And they, they really do genuinely care for our health and want to steward us as gifts to the body of Christ well. And to have a church that uh, and a leadership team here that really values that to the point that they'll give you 12 weekends away um, and, and the weeks to go with that to just refresh, to heal, not with an objective of trying to go accomplish something other than to just refresh and recharge and recalibrate. Um, it's just a tremendous honor to be able to, 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 to lead amongst a people like this. And so very grateful. So if you're listening to this, man, I would encourage you to make sure that uh, if you're a leader who's a part of a church, make sure that your church understands that your 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 Christian community understands that your before your pastor is a, a pastor and a leader, um, man, he's a person, he's a father, he's a husband, uh, he's a follower of Jesus, and he needs to be healthy, and his leadership is only going to be as strong and as good as his health, and making sure that that's guarded and stewarded and poured into is so so important and. For me, I just, you know, the sabbatical was awesome, but I mean, the thing that just is lasting for me is just this deep sense of gratitude to have the people around me that genuinely value, because, you know, as a leader and as a pastor, it seems like everybody always wants something, like they want your time, they want your counsel, they want your advice, they want your direction, they want your influence, they want you to champion some cause, they want your voice, um, but I just feel like there's a group here that helps lead at Hope that are this stewardship team. And obviously, they want me to, to lead when I'm the leader, but they just care about me as a person. They care about my family. And to know that 
just gives you such freedom and encouragement as a leader. So I'm deeply, deeply grateful for that. That's awesome. Well, we are very glad you are back. Um, we are recording this right after your first weekend service back, uh, just a little bit ahead of when this release in October. Um, actually, when this releases, Vance, we should probably do a whole segment on this. But I don't know if I should tell the world this, but you'll be 50 years old when this Bro, releases, man. <laughs> by the time this releases, uh, actually the day after, right? This will release October 1. Oh, okay. That's right. So October 2, October 2nd. Yep, the first Monday yes. of the month does uh, happen to fall on the first. So yes. the day after this hits the internet, you are fifty years old, I man. Just killing the game old. at yep. fifty years old. Yep. So uh, all if you're watching this on YouTube versus just listening, all the gray that you see is real. Uh, it is one hundred percent all natural gray because I will be fifty. So if you're not a part of Hope Church, um, you maybe not know any of this, but you saw the title. We are going to talk about Vance's sabbatical, but you are back. And if you're not a part of Hope Church, I am bald. If you're watching online, uh, I also shave my head. And so lots, lots, lots of new seasons here That's right. at the Vance Pittman Leadership I was wondering if you were going to bring that up because if you didn't, I was going to. Amen. So. I actually heard you did at the 1030. I had stepped out for a you minute. Did. I did. Somebody I had did. mentioned that. So. We got a podcast to get to. Um, w w the the point of today is to really be uh, really a little more laid back than normal. Usually we have, you know, get your notebook out and just kind of knock out some awesome notes of what Vance is going to share or, or somebody on our, our podcast is going to share. But with Vance just coming back, I really just wanted to get um, just some raw thoughts on sabbatical, kind of lessons from sabbatical. We actually just had an all-staff meeting that we do every uh, – we actually referenced it in our, um, our podcast last month. Uh, we call Second Monday. It's our all-staff meeting. We worship together, hear from the Word together. And, and Vance just kind of shared a little bit of what he's going to share in this, but it's really kind of more laid back um, and just kind of fresh off of a 12-week sabbatical, kind of what has God done in him. And, and hopefully uh, any leader listening just can kind of glean from this principle of rest, but also some of the practical applications of things that come out of that rest and what God has done in Vance. So we're going to jump right in, Vance. We'll start really light and laid back. Um, man, you had a lot of good moments um, on, on your sabbatical that I've heard about, some that I've talked to your kids about. But what would you say, man, what, were, what was one of the best moments of your sabbatical or the best couple days or whatever it may be that's like, mm -hmm. man, here is some highlights of the trip, not necessarily leadership related, just for you and your wife and your soul, best kind of moments of your sabbatical. Yeah, let me let me answer that with just, a, I'll say a couple of, you know, just kind of practical things. But then I want to do, I do want to give you two long game answers uh, to that question that, that were, I think, for me, as I think back on it, two things that were probably the greatest experiences. But uh, if you've never done it, I highly recommend, it's not an expensive thing to do. Get in the car with your wife um, and just do a road trip. So for the first five weeks of sabbatical, that's what my wife and I did. We're to stage our youngest child, uh, Faith, is going to be graduating high school in May. So we're almost empty nesters. And it just meant this time away, this time, was going to be very different than any other time we've done this because uh, for the vast majority of it, it was just my wife and I. So we, we get in the car and we roll for five weeks literally with nothing booked. Mm. Um, we book hotels on the phone as we travel. We did 13 states, 6,600 miles over, I think it was 28, 29 days, something like that. Uh, we went all through the, um, the 
upper west, Midwest, hit all the parks, Yellowstone, Sequoia, Grand Tetons, Badlands, Custer, all these national parks, uh, Mount Rushmore, just unbelievable. Awesome. And we did something really cool that um, I'll recommend our listeners. There's a, and I, I did this, I did plan this part of it, but uh, there's a podcast called History That Doesn't Suck. <laughs> and it's, that's actually the name, History That Doesn't Suck. It's a history professor out of Utah. And he basically is teaching American history through a podcast. Hmm. It's fascinating. And every episode details a little period of American history from the beginning to today. So what I did is I, I, I downloaded all the podcasts from the region we were traveling through. So where the gold rush was and up into the uh, Badlands and into the Black Hills. And, and so we're driving through these states. We're looking at these state parks. And we're listening to this podcast on the road on the, in the travel of history that doesn't suck. And we're learning all the history behind everything that we're seeing. And I'm a history major in college. I'm a history buff. So obviously I'm, I'm geeking out with this stuff. But my wife, who's not a history person, this is not her thing. It just, she loved it. And it was just a really cool time for us to learn together, grow together, hang together. Again, it's not expensive. You just go to national parks and you book cheap hotels and you just eat in, you know, whatever you were at roadside cafes. But that was a really, awesome. really cool thing that we did uh, practically um, that was a lot of fun. And it's something we'll never, ever, ever forget. Uh, the long game answer I want to give you is from the sabbatical, the two things that were the biggest, um, I mean, you said best moments, uh, but these were kind of the best experiences. So like I said a minute ago, my wife and I moving into a different stage, about to be empty nesters. We were going to spend the vast majority of 12 weeks together. Now, you know, you, obviously you're married. You're together all the time. But, I mean, I got a job. She has things that she does around our house and then hobbies that she does. She does carpentry work. We work out. So when you're married and you're doing life, you're not like together 24-7. <laughs> but pretty much for 12 weeks. <laughs> My wife and I, other than uh, she did uh, get sick and 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 kind of quarantined herself off for a few days at one point, but other than that, 12 weeks, you wake up, we're there. You go to bed, we're there. You're eating, we're there. So 12 weeks together. And to be honest, the, the first 29 days when we started this on the road trip, my biggest fear was that halfway through, she's going to throw me out of the car. <laughs> uh because I'm a big personality, and I mean, you can only stand. You know, it needs to be. It needs to be dosed out right. Um, we 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 just had this conversation yesterday. We we did twelve weeks together. One afternoon of the twelve weeks, we got into a little bit of an argument, but that was it. Mm. For twelve weeks, we just did life together as friends, as spouses, as lovers. And we just enjoyed life together. And it was so encouraging because, you know, we've been now married. Um, it'll be 30 years next May. And um, for us, 30 years, you hear that and it's like, that's a lot, especially in today's world of marriage. You don't hardly meet anybody been married 30 years. But 30 years of marriage, it's a long process. And I'm going to keep it very real. It's a lot of work. Mm. Marriage is a lot of work. Um, successful marriages are just two people that worked harder than other people worked. It's just work. Um, you watch it on TV, you watch it in movies, and all of that's gone after about two months of marriage. The rest of it's work. 
Now, it's rewarding work, but it's work. And my wife and I, by the grace of God, because when we first got married, I was 20, she was 19. Three times in our first year, my wife packed her stuff up to leave. Like, I'm, I'm surprised we made it. But 30 years now of work. And for 12 weeks, other than one afternoon, which we're not going to be perfect, yeah. we really got to enjoy the fruit of that labor mm. and think about what the next 20, 30 years are going to be like as we enjoy one another's company. Um, that was a really big takeaway for me to see that the years and years, because you get to this place and you're afraid that you're going to be at that point where, okay, the kids are gone, everything's changed, and now you're left together and you got nothing. But we got something. And that was really encouraging as a takeaway. The second long game takeaway for me that was um, a big deal, we had of the 12 weeks, there was only one weekend where we had everybody together. So I have four children, three are married, one's a senior in high school. One of my four children is married, has children, so two grandkids. And sporadically throughout the 12 weeks, we were with them all at different points and different times, some a little longer than others. But there was one three-day weekend when all the kids and their spouses and grandkids and boyfriends, everybody was there at one time. And, um, you know, my wife and I are not perfect people by any stretch. She, she, she would amen that statement. Um, we've, we've got our own mistakes we've made. Um, but we've tackled this thing together of parenting. And um, parenting, like marriage, is a lot of hard work. Um, and the temptation in parenting is to try to be the child's friend instead of be their parent. And now my kids are all adults. My youngest is almost out of high school. And here was the rewarding thing that I walked with. If you will be their parent when they need you to be their parent, you're raising your friends for life. Some of my wife and I's now best friends are our kids and their spouses. Like, they all choose to be with us. They choose to come hang with us. We choose to do stuff together. Now, obviously, I'm sure they got, you talk to them, they got their limits, and I get that. <laughs> um, but, like, that's just, that's a huge, because my wife and I, neither one really have that in our families, mm -hmm. looking back. So, we literally have changed what family means for generations to come in our family. And you kind of had that aha moment when we were all together that was really profound. That's awesome, man. Man, I could just, and this is, again, kind of off script, but I can just even see, um, obviously, people watching or listening may or may not know, but we, we work together very closely here at Hope. And, and uh, man, I just want to affirm there's just, a, I don't know, there's a difference in just even the way you're communicating those things that there's, there's just something God's doing in you there. And, uh and I know that's going to be a huge, that's just a, an encouragement to me, just sitting here as a young, <laughs> I keep saying that, I don't know how young I am. <laughs> a well, younger. A I can young... say this, from my seat, you're that's young. True, that's true. <laughs> but I got young kids in the house. You do, you and, do. and my wife and I are, 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 are 13 years of marriage, and, and it's just really cool. I mean, I've said this before on the podcast and, and to you personally, but like 
you and Christy and the way your family is is such an encouragement to, mm. to people like me and my wife Candace. So, um, man, that's well, let good me stuff. just let me add this to that then, Scott. What I'm saying to you, <laughs> and what I'm saying to anybody who's listening to this at, at a different stage of life is the reward is worth the effort. And I know there's a lot of days, there's a lot of days when I was a parent of young kids and, you know, big ministry and marriage and you just want to throw in the towel, man. It just, you just want to quit. You want to give up. You want to take the shortcuts. Um, You want to cheat time on investing in some of those things. And I'm just telling you, the reward is worth the work. Um, it, it, It matters for the long game. And what you reap from those relationships that you sow into, because, I mean, the, the reality is it's a short window, man. I mean, it's everybody always says time goes fast, kids grow up quick, and I, and I heard all that, and you know, yes, whatever. Bro, it's so fast, man. Like, I remember distinctly sitting in my car and driving in Florence, Alabama, with a little bitty girl who was a year and a half old, in the back seat named Hannah, <laughs> who you know now as, yeah. you know, a friend. But she was just this little girl. And I remember distinctly catching a glimpse of her in my rearview mirror and thinking, I wonder what it would be like one day to have a real conversation mm. with this human being that's in our lives. Crazy. And now, not only are we having, I mean, we're having real, com- but I'm, I'm having conversations with her kids. Uh, it's just... And it feels like, in some ways, it feels like it's been a hundred years. But in other ways, man, it's like that. I can go back to that moment looking in that rearview mirror like that. Yeah, It's just so fast. So, leaders, if you're listening to this, again, this is is a different episode, but uh, I hope you were encouraged by that like I was. Um, We're going to kind of move on to to another topic that I actually want to kind of continue on a path here i are kind of ditching the notes here vance you're but, fine i'll follow um, you we just had i mentioned we just had our staff meeting we always we have it second monday of every month and this is the first one vance is back and um pastor travis kind of got vance on stage and, and, and kind of did a little bit of what we're doing here on this podcast and um and you shared some stuff vance that i thought was really helpful for our staff team and also really helpful for our listeners here particularly around um being a little bit caught off guard and surprised when you entered into sabbatical, um, it was almost like putting on the brakes and being on sabbatical made you realize kind of where you were entering sabbatical mm. after the year, 18 months that we've had as a, as a society. I just think it was really helpful in the way you kind of frame that up for our staff. I'd love for you to do that for our listeners. Just kind of walk us through, um, walk us through where you were emotionally, physically, spiritually, the whole thing. It was, it was really helpful. Sure. And I don't, you know, I I mean, Travis asked me that kind of off the cuff and I answered off the cuff. So this is kind of off the cuff a little bit. But um, I I went into 2020. If you think about a meter where you got, you know, the red emergency, you got yellow and you got green uh, where you're you're healthy. Everything's great. I went into 2020 already in the yellow. My wife and I. had gone through some stuff relationally, not with us, but with some very close friends of ours who'd been very good friends for a number of years. We'd done a lot of things together, and there was some relational fallout from that that wasn't pretty and it wasn't private. Um, but it uh, it really wounded my wife and I, and 
So I came into 2020 not even really aware that I was in the yellow, but already emotionally from a spiritual health, emotional health, mental health, I was in the yellow. And then we all know what 2020 was. I mean, 2020, COVID hits in March, uh, February, March, March when we made the decision to close. Um, And, you know, COVID was one of those situations where and still is, where in ministry and in any leadership position, regardless of what you're leading, you have to make decisions. And I don't know how everybody feels, but I don't, my wife thinks sometimes I like confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I'm just not afraid of confrontation. Like if I know this is the right decision, I know we've heard from God. I know it's what the scripture says. Then chips fall where they may. Like whatever that decision results in, I'm good with that because I know it's the right decision. With COVID, there was so much that, is it right to close? Is it wrong to close? Is it right to open? Is it wrong to open? Is it right to require masks? Is it wrong to require masks? Is it right to talk about a vaccine? Is it not right? Like you didn't know what was right and what was wrong. We were just all feeling our way through this thing that was really unprecedented for uh, most of us in leadership today. Uh, Centuries before people have experienced this type thing, but in our, most of us in our generation, we've not walked through these kinds of waters Um, and most of the people who have aren't living or they're not leading anymore. So it was just a very unique set of circumstances. And then you add to that the political toxicity of the culture of an election year last year, in particular in our context at Hope in a multi-ethnic church where you've got the political spectrum running from both sides of the aisle into our fellowship, depending on cultural background. And uh, I think one of the things that wounded me so deeply last year Scott, was just the realization of how many people, how many Christians in America on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, conservative and liberal, have allowed their political ideology to so be synchronized with their biblical kingdom worldview that they can't even tell where one stops and the other starts anymore. Um, it, it, it really wounded me as a pastor because I... I thought, man, have we completely failed in making disciples that we got people that love their own ideological view of how they view this country more than the kingdom that is to come and the kingdom that we're to be ushering in? Uh, I didn't even realize how that had wounded me and how much I felt like a complete failure because I felt like when I looked out at our church, yeah, we got some solid disciples, but for every solid disciple, there's 10 people that are just... What are they thinking and what is motivating them? And um, it was really, so all that to say, when I I left for the sabbatical, I knew I needed a break. What I didn't realize was that I was, my meter had broken. Like there was no red left to get to. I had just put my head down and gutted it out. Um, And it left me in a place of being not in a good place. And I guess the point I'm making with this to the leaders is, man, we need to be self-aware of where we are spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, and really even physically uh, as leaders. We need to make sure in those four arenas, and maybe I'm forgetting something, but at least in those four, that we are healthy and probably relationally as well, that there is a, a level of health and there needs to, it doesn't just need to be your own assessment. There needs to be some metric of other people checking you on that to make sure 
that, 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 that we're in a place of help because I didn't really even realize it myself. And I kind of went into the thing and here's how I can tell you, like when I went into it, I, my head just wasn't in a good place to the point that like the first four or five weeks of sabbatical, um, everybody want, you know, man, what, what was God saying? <laughs> to be honest, I feel like for the first four or five weeks, I ran from God. Like I wanted to just be away from anything and everything spiritual. And I'm not saying that's a good place to be. I'm just saying that's where I was. Like I just wanted to be away from it all because I had so gotten just weary and worn down with the toxicity of the culture that was permeating the church that I really turned my back on it for a season. And were it not honestly for uh, a friend of mine, Kike Torres, a, a church planter, pastor friend in Mexico, um, he gave me a book before I left for sabbatical called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. Uh, other than reading that book for the first four or five weeks, I didn't do anything else spiritual. <laughs> and that sounds terrible to say it out loud, but um, I just read that book. Were it not for that book, I, I might have gone shipwrecked <laughs> in my faith uh, because I was just in such a bad place, and I didn't really even know it was at a bad place. But that book, you know, Jesus really used to just really reintroduce himself to me uh, and I recommend anybody get the book if you hadn't read it yet by Dane Ortland, um, Gentle and Lowly. It's powerful. Yeah. But, um, you know, about halfway through the sabbatical, once I got my head clear, I was able to start focusing on my heart again. And the last half of sabbatical was when I began to really let my heart be refreshed and renewed. I was resting through it all. So the, But for me, it had to go, I kind of started I was so physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted, I couldn't even deal with the spiritual. And I and somebody's going to hear that and go, well, spiritual is everything. And listen, you may be right. I'm <laughs> just telling you where I was. Yeah. I was so mentally, physically, and emotionally drained. I had no bandwidth or capacity to even think spiritually. And um, I had to get my head clear and my body rested for God to begin to cultivate some stuff in my heart. And I'm not sharing that as a badge of honor or as a here's how you do it. I'm sharing that to say to leaders, don't think that you are above collapse. Like you, you can, I was at a very vulnerable spot mm. and a lot of things could have gone a lot of different directions. Yeah. Um, and I just think we all need to be very self-aware about where we are as leaders, especially coming out of 2020, 2021, what we've lived in from both a political, cultural, medical uh, situation. If you're listening to this and you're a leader, make sure you're checking on yourself and you're getting others to do the same. If you're listening to this and you're following leaders, pastors, business leaders, you need to do what you need to do to make sure they're healthy and that they're getting those checks and balances in place. Wow. That's really helpful. You know, as you were talking, Vance, I just appreciate your transparency. Um, I know our listeners will as well. Uh, Craig Rochelle has this statement. He says at the end of his podcast every month. Um, and I, I just thought of it when you were saying that, that people would always would rather follow a leader who's always real than a leader who's always right. Mm. Um, and, and I just appreciate you being very real. Mm. Um, 
most people, you know, may not know that that's what goes on in, in Pastor Vance. <laughs> but that's the that's the problem. Is yeah. we've elevated pastors yeah. as this like you just, you know, wake up and can't wait to get in the book of Leviticus. You know, it's just not, it's just not necessarily a thing. Yeah, so, even healthy, that's a story. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, let's end with one more question. Um, again, we just, before we hit record, you were talking about, and I, I asked you, man, coming back, thinking back, we're, right now we're celebrating 20 years as a, as a church this month. Um, I guess we'll, we'll have just celebrated our 20th anniversary when this releases, but, um, you know, we, we, we celebrated you guys for being in Vegas for 20 years last May. Um, what, obviously in one sense, in 2001, you guys planted this church, God threw you to connect people to live a life of Jesus for. That's the mission of Hope Church. It's not changing. But for you, you have a different perspective now, um, after 20 years, just as we close, what is that perspective and how would you encourage leaders with, with, um, how that perspective has changed over the years for you? Yeah, uh, obviously, when you get to certain seasons of life or whatever, whatever you want to call it, I mean, like you said, I'm going to be 50 years old in October. Uh, I planted this church when I was 28 uh, years old, which is mind-boggling because I have kids older than that now. Um, But you look at things differently. And I know now coming back to Hope after 12 weeks of sabbatical, celebrating 20 years, that my time looking through the windshield is shorter than my time looking in the rearview mirror. And I don't mean I'm dying soon or I'm leaving hope soon. I'm just saying I've been pastoring hope for 20 years. I will not be pastoring hope for 20 more years. Uh, that would take me till I'm 70 years old. I love that. I may still be a part of yeah, hope, but yeah. I ain't going to be pastoring hope <laughs> yeah. at 70 years old. If I did, something's gone really wrong with the plan. <laughs> yeah. Um so I just know the time out through the windshield is shorter than the time in the rearview mirror. And it makes you evaluate things um, and begin to think about things differently. I mean, Jesus, I've said this on the podcast before, but if you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus focused more on succession than he did on success. I mean, if you think about Jesus as a person, as a leader, his leadership had produced at the end of three and a half years a band of followers that were largely not influential people, um, and they numbered about 120. Mm-hmm. That's not getting you invited to any church planning platform to speak at the conference. That's not getting you a book deal. Um, that's not getting you a podcast fellowship. Uh, and yet, that's the very movement that you and I are sitting here a part of today. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus was more consumed with succession than he was success. And I think it was born out of his intimacy with the Father because as Jesus lived his life on the earth, he lived his life out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father. How many times in the Gospels you see Jesus slipping away to be alone with the Father? And what you learn about the Father is in Psalm 33, the plans of his heart are from generation to generation, which means if what we're about as leaders is tapping into the heart of the Father, then what we're tapping into as leaders is bigger than our lifetime. Mm. What I am stewarding today has implications in the generations to come if it's of the Father. Now, if it's my work, Mm. it's going to rise and fall with me. Um, But if this thing fails in my absence, then I've failed in my presence Mm. here. 
because the plans of the Father are from generation to generation. And it's, 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 it's with that mindset that I come back, thinking about whether it's five more years, 10 more years, 15 more years that God has me in the seat that I'm in. What do I need to do today so that the heart of the Father and what he's entrusted to me is represented in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And if we're not thinking like that as leaders, if we're only thinking about the success in our day, and listen, it permeates the Christian culture right now. Uh, I watch a lot of young leaders whose sole aim and mission seems to be the building of their own platform. How quickly can I get a podcast? How quickly can I get a book deal? How quickly can I get my name known? How quickly can I get on the conference to speak? And every move seems to be made strategically about creating their brand, their name, and their platform. When I started in ministry, Scott, the guys that we looked to back then, because there was no social media, none of that stuff existed, the guys we looked to were guys that had been doing it 30, 40 years. That's the guys that got the book deals. That's the guys that were, there was a longevity of ministry. And there's this thing today about getting your platform so quickly. Um, but but what I guess what I'm saying is, man, we if as a leader, I'm only thinking about the success in my day. There's no way I'm in tune to the heart of the Father because His plan is the long game. The kingdom expanding among the nations it's the long play. It's the eternal, redemptive mission of God. And what I'm holding in this season is a very small part that I've been entrusted to steward. And I need to think about it in light of the long game. Man, we're, we're really stoked to have you back. And uh, we're glad that you just shared a little bit of your heart. Again, just very real and transparent. I super appreciate that about this conversation can um, I add one thing before yeah, you cut it off? Absolutely. This is something we talked about talking about, and I just want to say it. Uh, I, <laughs> he's, he's got a word, everybody. Well, no, Get your I, Bibles open. <laughs> I just learned this for me. I, one of the things I did on over 12 weeks sabbatical is I turned off social media. Mm. Yeah. And I hadn't turned it back on yet. I've started putting my feet in the water. Like, I've started looking at it, but I hadn't posted yet. I hadn't mm. said, hey, Vance is back on. Uh, here's what I learned in 12 weeks. Um Probably the single biggest outlet for my flesh, whether that's anger, envy, lust, whatever it is, the single biggest outlet for my flesh is social media. Instagram, Twitter are just such, um, I just see so little value. And I haven't made a decision I'm getting off of it yet. I got, I'm in some situations where I can't really do that yet uh, because of some contractual things. But um just be careful. Mm. Just be careful and make sure there's some accountability and balance in place. It's good. Um, this is definitely not the last time you will hear of some of these topics as I was just jotting some notes down during this podcast. Uh, there's some gold here that we'll be talking about for sure in other podcast episodes. So I think we are just beginning to mine this, uh, just what God did in you in sabbatical. So thank you for that. And, uh, Believe it or not, people, next time you hear from us, we'll be in November of 2021. So thank you for checking out the October episode, and we will be back in November right here on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, we would love to help spread the word. You can drop a comment on YouTube 
leave a review on your favorite podcast app, or share this episode on your social media. Thanks again for joining us.